When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. Hey everybody, it's Don LaGreca with the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. Let's get to it. Slew of games yesterday, slew of stories. But before we get to the games, let's just talk about Sammy Blay, Rangers forward out for the year, torn ACL on that knockdown by P.K. Subban back on Sunday. And there's just so much chatter about what to do about Subban. We talked about it with EJ back on Monday that was it intentional, was it not intentional? Again, you isolate that one incident and you could say, all right, just a mistake, um, just an accident. But when you see it happen time and time again with Subban, it becomes a really difficult issue. And now it's cost uh, a player the entire season, a player the Rangers went out and got to, to add some toughness. He was playing uh, some major minutes for the team and now he's done for the season, but the Rangers did bounce back off that and won their fourth straight, beating the Canadians 3-2. to It's the same old, same old with the Rangers. They just get these lulls, and it happened in the third period, but they survived it because Shesterkin was so good. Kako now has scored in back-to-back games after not scoring for his first 10 of the season. And listen, I'm a Brendan Gallagher fan. He's the kind of player that I think everybody would want on their team but hates when he's not on your team because he's pesky, but he's a really good player. But that was a punk move last night that really was just stupid and cost this team a chance to win. In case you missed it, they pulled the goaltender. There's a face-off in the neutral zone with, I believe, just under 30 seconds. I think it was like 27.3, something like that. Now, obviously, their goaltender, uh, Caden Primo, had to go back into the crease because the face-off was in the neutral zone. So it would have been a lot of heavy lifting for them to be able to win the draw, pull the goaltender, and tie the game. But there was still some hope. But off the face-off, what does Gallagher do? He punches Goudreau in the face, takes a penalty. Now the face-off is going to be in the defensive zone. Now you've got to pull the goaltender just to get even, and there was no shot. It was over. So, again, they had very little chance, but then none chance after that stupid, selfish move by Gallagher. Canadians are done. They're awful, and it's really tough watching them from a team that you know won a game in the Stanley Cup Final um, last year and, and might end up with a, well, not might, I think will end up with a top five pick, maybe even a top three pick in this cup coming draft. And if the ping pong balls fall the right way, might end up with the uh, with a lottery pick. How concerned are Islander fans about this team? They lose to the Panthers in Florida, 6-1, to one, give up four goals in the first period, end up getting outscored 10-1 to one in the two games down in Florida against the Lightning and the Panthers. Now, in the Islanders' defense, those are two of the best teams in the league. But the the Panthers have been struggling, only winning. That that was the first win they've had in their last five. Bobrovsky was good, made 27 saves, but they're just not producing any offense the Islanders at all. So now this monster 13-game road trip to start the season as they're waiting for their arena open ends at 5-6-2. and two. So they did produce points in seven of the 13 games, won five of them. But I think it's a little convenient to just explain away the slow start having to play exclusively on the road. They're just slow. They're not generating much offense. 
and I'm not sure what they're going to do as far as making a deal, or are they just going to wait and see with all these home games whether it spurs them on. They'll get a chance to play a Flames team that'll be at the tail end of a road trip, a Flames team that lost last night in Philadelphia 2-1. to one. We'll get into that in a second, and we'll see, but I'm sure Lou will pull the trigger sooner than later because that is such a difficult division. Uh, you really don't want to dig yourself too big of a hole, and that's exactly what the Islanders have done in these first 13. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Since we brought up the Flyers, a 2-1 win over the Flames. As the big story in this one, Kevin Hayes scores his first goal of the year. And he points to the sky, obviously thinking about his brother that passed away during the offseason. Uh, Cam Atkins, I, 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 Atkinson, I've been telling Flyer fans, you're going to love this guy. I don't know how much you watched him in Columbus, but he scores his seventh goal, the game winner, uh, and the Flyers win that game 2-1. to one. Great win for the Sabres. Tokarski was great, 45 saves and a 2-1 win over the Penguins. So the Penguins have losses against Buffalo and Ottawa in the last week. Sidney Crosby does pick up his first point of the season. Coyotes get their second win of the year. They're first on the road as they beat the Blues in St. Louis 3-2. That's a bad loss for St. Louis. They've been playing so well. Barrett Hayden gets the game-winning goal for Phoenix late in the third period. Leafs continue to roll. 3-0 blasting of Nashville. Nashville's been good. They've still won seven of their last ten and points in eight of their last ten, but they couldn't generate much. Only 24 shots on Campbell made all the stops. Leafs now 9-1-0 in their last ten. Four straight wins and Dion Phaneuf uh, announces his retirement. He was honored uh, before the game. Heck of a player, Dion Phaneuf. Had an impact every place he went. When you think about his times in Toronto and Calgary and certainly in Ottawa, just a terrific, terrific player. So he announced his retirement last night. Sharks with a nice win, 4-1 to over the Red Hot Wild. So Timu Meyer has been great, a goal and an assist. He's got uh, 14 points now, 6 goals, 8 assists in 10 games. That's what teams need. When you're looking for a spark, and Meyer is certainly give it to them. Um, Oilers struggling just a bit. They lose in Winnipeg to the Jets 5-2. to two. Dreisaitl did have a couple of goals, a couple of assists for uh, Connor McDavid. He now has points in all 15 of Edmonton's games. Jets now have won three in a row, very quietly, 7-1-3 uh, in their last um, 11 games. So Jets playing some pretty good hockey. Stars, we were just talking about with EJ. Could Rick Bonus be in trouble? But the Stars have won a couple in a row. They beat the Red Wings 5-2. to two. Great game in Vegas between the Hurricanes and the Golden Knights. Hurricanes blow a two-goal lead but get the next two. Seth Jarvis got the game winner as they beat the Knights 4-2 and the Ducks just have been an amazing story here early in the season. Beat the Caps 3-2 in overtime. Um, Zegras gets two goals including the game winner in OT. So now the Ducks have won eight straight longest winning streak right now in the National Hockey League and because of the loss by Edmonton the Anaheim Ducks, a team that you figure was going to be an also-ran this year, is now in first place in the amazing Pacific Division. So really good stuff happening with Anaheim. And you talk to people around the Ducks, and they felt like they'd be improved this year, but I don't think anybody thought, even though it's very early in the middle of November, that this would be a team that would spend any time in first place, and they have, and a very, very productive 
specific division. All right, let's hear from you at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. Let's start with David Hine. He says, follow up with EJ's discussion about the Coyotes possibly playing in the Diamondback Stadium or Old Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Why is the Suns Arena not an option? Is it just a bad venue for hockey like Barclays Center or is it a rent issue? It's a great question. I'll ask EJ. I know when they first moved there, that that was not an option, that it was just not built for hockey. But you know, is, uh, is Chase Field, where the Diamondbacks play, built for hockey, is going to a venue built in the 50s that holds 13,000 people uh, ideal? So there must be some sort of an issue. Sometimes there's these exclusivities that are kind of built into it where only certain things are allowed in that particular building from a competition standpoint. But I would think money talks, but... Maybe the Coyotes think that that would be too expensive an option, but I do know it's not built for hockey. Donnell Weaver says, what's up, Don? For the locals, you got to say that the Rangers are playing on fire right now. The Devils have been okay surprised that their record that they have now, and for the Islanders, they look old and slow, and they are in trouble, and how they played, don't you agree? Yeah, we've talked about it. They've been slow. And you wonder now, and listen, Lou's a fabulous executive, but you know when you bring in older players – you know, like a Chara, like a Parisi, is it really they're, – they're great for the playoffs, right? But you're just seeing how speed works in this league. And you look at the Devils, and they're not immensely talented. You know, they've got injuries, obviously, to some very key players like Wood and Hughes, but they're fast. And when you play fast in this league, you become very, very dangerous. And the Islanders just don't look fast. And I think it's kind of, like I said, a little bit of an excuse to just blame all these games on the road – but I got to tell you, I think there's a there seems to something has to be happening here, you know. And and I know it's all on the road, thirteen games, but you know, they, they these are the teams that they want to be compared to, the Lightning and the Panthers, right? And they were blown out of the building in both. Now again, tail end of a road trip, but again, it wasn't like thir- you know you spent the whole month on the road. They had some local games. They played the Devils. I mean, so they've slept in their own bed a few times in this in this month, but. Certainly a little frustrating. Slappy says, what specifically is Coach Gallant bringing to this young team that works so well? Kreider is on fire. Did Gallant find something in him that others couldn't see? It's a great question. Players love him. And that's not to suggest that they didn't like Quinn. But it does feel like it's a little bit of a looser atmosphere. He doesn't seem to be overly critical about the players. He seems complimentary even in games in which they lose. Doesn't mean that he isn't critical at times. and doesn't mean that he isn't critical to them by behind closed doors but speaking to some of the players on and off the air there seems to be kind of an air of a little bit relaxed allowing players to play their game and and, and Kreider has taken on a tremendous responsibility here and he's got most of his goals on the power play most of his goals on deflections but he's, he's driving to the net he's playing the kind of game a little bit more consistent and I think Gallant deserves a lot of credit for that but give Kreider credit as well I mean let's not forget this captaincy is up for grabs here and I look at players like Truba and I look at Kreider and I say, those are guys that are kind of auditioning to be leaders. And I'm thinking the picture is becoming a little bit clearer on who might be the new captain of this team based on how guys have played. Um, Tommy P says, hey, Don, do you remember Derek King as a player? I'm not sure if he will be the permanent coach in Chicago. But as far as it looks like he is the right guy for right now, the players really seem to like him. Derek King, and I remember him a lot with the um, – the Islanders back in the early 90s and he was a 40 goal scorer when 40 goals were fairly common so it never like led the league but he was a really good all-around player a leader uh he was on that 93 team that went to the conference final that for the longest time was the was the deepest the Islanders had gone 
to the playoff in the playoffs in a long, long time. I, I've always liked him, and I think uh, certainly the coaching change there is spurred on Chicago. Probably a little bit too late, but right now. Uh, you got to be pretty happy with the way uh, he's kind of infused some things there. And, and I like Derek King, and I'm rooting for him. Uh, Yankees and Penguins says, Hey, Don, which coaches do you think are in trouble as of now? Well, clearly top of the list is Travis Green in Vancouver. They're in free fall right now. I would have said Rick Bonus in Dallas, but they've won a couple of games in a row. I don't think Arizona really feels like they need to change a coach. Certainly, I think the Islanders would be crazy to let Barry Trotz go. Those are some of the names that kind of pop into my head. Mike Devin says, as noted on NHL Network, can we start calling every Tuesday Kako Tuesday on the Michael K Show? Uh, his very short career goal production overwhelmingly comes on Tuesdays, and it's perfect. You know, we should start doing that. He's really played well. He had a great game on Sunday with the goal and assist and had a goal in the shootout, had a goal last night. He's really uh, clicking on that line. Um, I think uh, he's starting to start warm up just a bit. And I think Lafaniere's warmed up a little bit, too. He had a goal coming up on Sunday. And boy, can the Rangers be dangerous if Kako and Lafaniere start to play to where they were drafted. Let's see if there's any other ones that I want to get to here from the Twitterverse because some of you people, you don't put the uh, hashtag game misconduct sometimes. It makes it difficult for me able to find these uh, have another donut. So this must be a devil fan. He says, is it safe to say the Islanders have already sunk their season before even playing one home game? Look really slow, can't score goals, and now can't defend on top of being in a tough division. I think everything's kind of collapsing on them right now. Um, having the target on their back, having to live through so much expectations. I'm not ready to throw cold water on this team just yet. Um, but I would like to see how they play at home here. I'm going to get a chance to see them live on the 24th, that Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I'll be calling the Range Rounder game there. Uh, a season is not defined in 13. You can lose, though. Like Wayne Gretzky always says, you can't win a cup in October or November, but you certainly can lose it. I'm not ready to say that they've buried themselves just yet. There's still a lot of hockey left to be played. And you take a look at the standings in a very, very difficult division, I still think that they're very much alive. I mean, they're sitting there with 12 points. They're six back of Detroit for a wild card spot. Uh, but Detroit's played 18 games to the Islanders, 13. Remember, the, range, the Islanders are two games behind Pittsburgh. Um, so they've only played 13 games. Only Columbus has played less. So when you like, take a look at the division to try to fight to get to the top three, which I think they can, they're sitting there at the bottom of the division again, but... Two games in hand on Pittsburgh. They've got a game in hand on New Jersey, a game in hand on Philadelphia. They've got two games in hand on the Rangers, two on Washington, uh, one game on Carolina. So pretty much everybody but Columbus. So, hey, winning the division, (laughs) you know, it's tough to say that when Carolina's playing the way that they are. But third place belongs to the Rangers with 23 points, two games in hand. They're 11 points back, but they've got to play them four times. I'm not, And the wild card is still very much there. Hey, another week or two of this, if they start losing home games, I might say that their season could be uh, in, in, in a lot of jeopardy, but I'm not ready to say it just yet. And finally, Sal says, with Blay out for the Rangers, I would like to see Barron given a shot. Or do you think the Rangers try to get Kessel from Arizona? 
last year of a deal and the Rangers have $8 million in cap space. Can you see him thrive on the line with Mika and Krides, maybe Riley Smith in Vegas? Well, I'm not sure Vegas is going to be making any moves there. I'd love Riley Smith. That'd be a great guy to get. Kessel's very interesting um, because you figure it's not happening there in Arizona. Uh, Rangers do have some assets they can move. Barron had his chance last year, looked okay. McKegg was called up and then sent back down, so it looked like McKegg was there in the pecking order, but that's a fourth-line guy like Barron is, but you bring in Kessel, that's a guy that can slide in, play with the top six, not sure what Arizona would ask for. They might want to wait a little bit later on in the season to be able to get even more assets, but you do run the risk of injury when that happens, so... I would think the Rangers might try to make a make a play for someone here because, again, Blay was somebody they really wanted. And with him out of the lineup and Kraftsoff not being an option now to call up, and there really isn't like that big gun down there. You talk about you know the Barons and you talk about the McKegs, players like that. Um, they're not going to make the impact that a Kessel can, but it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you, but the Rangers do, again, have assets. They've used a lot of high picks to get uh, the players that they have playing on their teams right now with, obviously, Kako, the second overall pick, and Lafayette, the first overall pick. Uh, they've got a lot of uh, defensemen. I mean, that that's when you start to look at a Libor Hayek, right? He's been a healthy scratch and then sent down to Hartford, hasn't played all year. He's a defenseman that some people like. How does Arizona think of him? Um, he's a good young defenseman. They have a lot of good young defensemen in the system, so I do think they might have the assets to make that move and the cap space to make it happen. And a team that desperately wants to try to make the playoffs, maybe it's not that bad of a situation that Kessel will be a free agent so it doesn't hamstring you as far as the cap is concerned moving forward. All right, we got a lot going on this week. We'll be back with you again on Friday. You know what Friday means. Friday means the top five, so we're going to do that. So I want to get your suggestions uh, during the course of the week for that. Not many games tonight, but um, some interesting ones on the docket, just the three. Always drives me crazy with the NHL. Two games on Monday, then a slew of games on Tuesday, no games on Wednesday, but you do have everything late, so make sure you drink your coffee. Nine o'clock, Avalanche at Vancouver. It's a tough spot for the Canucks, and Avalanche starting to warm up there at 10 o'clock on TNT. The Blackhawks and the Kraken getting a little tired. Uh, Listen, the Kraken are a great story, but they're not playing great hockey. And I know everybody's itching to get them on national television because of them being an expansion team. But the ship is starting to sail on them being able to repeat what Vegas did at 4-10-1 to start the season. And certainly Chicago struggling but playing a little bit better. But a real attractive game at 10-30. The Capitals and the Kings in Los Angeles. You know, can Ovechkin continue to play well and the Kings trying to take advantage of Washington having to play the second of back-to-back. So we'll be back with you again on Friday. Want to get in touch with me at Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. We will talk to you on Friday. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.